Welcome to the Kingdom Truth Podcast with Bible teacher Yolanda Tyler. Bible teacher Yolanda Tyler teaches the good news of Jesus Christ and biblical Christian principles that empower all people with real-life timeless applications for daily kingdom living. Now here's your host, Bible teacher Yolanda Tyler, sharing kingdom truths for kingdom living. Well, praise the name of the Lord, everybody. We are excited about God's word on this day. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word, for faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We pray for every listener that they will hear your word and receive your word in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to continue our sermon series titled A Great Expectant Hope. I will be reading in your hearing from the New American Standard Version of the Bible, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 15 to 18. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. We learned from our previous lessons that we have a great expectant hope. Our first biblical principle is because of the revelation of God's truth. Our second biblical principle is that all believers will see Jesus. Let's continue. In our foundational text, 1 Thessalonians 4.15 part B states, We will not proceed in the King James Version, that word is prevent, those who have fallen asleep. The word proceed in this text means to come before, to anticipate, or to arrive at. The Apostle Paul is stating here, we, the living remnant, will not get any special privileges or advantages over those that are asleep. The word asleep in this text comes from the Greek word koimayo, and it means to die, to sleep, to lie down, or it is also called the sleep of death. Believers who die in Christ are now sleeping the sleep of death. The word sleep in this text only refers to the death of the body. It does not refer to the soul or the spirit. Daniel put it this way in chapter 12, verse 2. It says, And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake soon to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. When believers die or fall asleep, our earthly house or our bodies are dead. Whether a body is lying in a coffin or in the sea or just placed in the ground or in an urn, regardless of the place, the body is dead. However, 
Our soul and our spirits are alive and with the Lord. The Apostle Paul confirms this truth in 2 Corinthians 5, 8. It reads, We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Jesus conquered death and changed death into sleep. Our death is temporary. It's like taking a nap. We see this in John chapter 11, verse 11, when Lazarus was raised from the dead. Jesus said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going so that I may awake him from sleep. Jesus awakened Lazarus' body out of the sleep of death. And on one glorious day at the Lord's return, he will awaken the bodies of all believers out of their sleep and they will see Jesus. And Paul writes, when it's all said and done, the dead in Christ will be given first priority when Jesus returns. They will come before us, the living saints. This revealed truth is so encouraging and comforting for the saints then and it is for us now. Our departed believing loved ones will see the Lord when he returns. One commentary wrote, the living believers shall not come into the blessings associated with the return of Christ any sooner than the dead in Christ. In other words, there's absolutely no way the living will get a head start on those believers who have already died. What a great expectant hope. God's word is so clear, is so plain, and so beautiful. All believers will see Jesus. Not one believer will be left out or left behind. We're all familiar with the series that came out left behind years ago. Well, that does not apply to believers. Now, on the other hand, for unbelievers, if you have not called upon the name of Jesus for salvation at his coming, the Left Behind series will definitely apply to you. You will not see Jesus at his coming. He is only coming for the church, for believers, for the family of God. And we all know when unbelievers die, there is a grieving without any hope. And when you attend funeral services for unbelievers, there is great sorrow and sobbing and hopelessness. And the unsaved family knows they will never see that person again. And then if you talk with them, they are angry, confused, and they blame God. The grave for them is the end. It is final. Now, when Christians die or fall asleep, yes, we express a limited amount of sorrow and we do weep. But our weeping and grieving, they are mixed with hope. We have hope because we know a Christian's goodbye is only temporary and we will see our loved ones again. It was Jesus Christ, our Savior, when he died on that old rugged cross, he took the sting out of death for us. We have peace with the Lord God and we know that our loved ones have just fallen asleep and we are always praying for the lost. We don't want anyone to die without knowing Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. 
We're talking about eternity. You will spend eternity somewhere. And there are only two destinations, even heaven or hell. So today on this radio broadcast, or if you're listening to the podcast, you can come to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So on this day, we just thank the Lord for salvation. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now let's continue. The Apostle Paul continues to lay out an accurate, detailed account of the return of Christ. 1 Thessalonians 4.16 reads, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout. The word descend in this text comes from the Greek word katabino, and it means to go down, to descend. It also means the place from which one has come down from or from the upper regions to the lower regions. It also indicates a downward movement. The word heaven just simply means the place where God dwells and the other heavenly beings. And it is the believer's eternal home. The Bible tells us our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is right now seated at the right hand of God in heaven. According to Romans chapter 8, verse 34, it says, Who is he, the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is he who died, but rather was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. When the Lord returns, he will leave the heavenly portals of glory and move swiftly with the dominating force to the lower regions in the atmosphere to fulfill the greatest end time event of all times. Jesus Christ, our great God, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, our Messiah, our mighty God. He is our everlasting Father and our heavenly Commander in Chief. He is coming down from heaven Himself to see about us and to take us out of this world. He's not sending any angels or the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is already here with us. He's not sending His disciples or some envoy. Jesus Christ is coming himself. He's not sending any representatives or diplomats or ambassadors. And unlike our nation's commander in chief, the president, sometimes he'll send the vice president or the secretary of state as his personal envoy to take care of business for him to another country's. This is not so. It will never happen for the return of Jesus Christ. When it comes to our Lord, he is coming himself. He will get the job done himself. He will fulfill this great end time prophetic event himself and on God's prophetic calendar. Thank you, Jesus. We will see Jesus, our messianic king, both physically and personally. The physician Luke Put it this way, he writes in Acts chapter 111, and they said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you have watched him go into heaven. Jesus Christ will descend from heaven with a shout. And you know, 
There may be some listeners today saying, well, Bible teacher Tyler, I don't believe that. Well, you don't have to believe it, but the word of God is true whether you believe it or not. The Bible says God cannot lie according to Titus chapter 1 verse 2. And in the book of John 8.32, the Bible says, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. For God is God, and apart from God, truth does not exist. And apart from Jesus Christ, truth does not exist. The Bible says in the book of John chapter 14.6, Jesus says, I am the way, and the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. And I would encourage you, while the blood is running warm in your veins, to believe on the Lord Jesus today. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2, Behold, now is a very acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Now let's continue in 1 Thessalonians Chapter 416, the Bible says, The Lord will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God. Our third biblical principle is, We have a great expectant hope, because all believers will hear sounds from heaven. Our first observation is, The word with in this text appears three times, and it is followed by, three prepositional phrases describing the Lord's descent. It is described with a shout, with a voice, and with a trumpet. It could be three distinct sounds. Some believe it may be two sounds, or it might be one glorious sound. That is God's business. But what we do know is we will hear the sound. The word shout in this text comes from the Greek word kalusma. Kalusma is a unique word that is used and is found only one time in the New Testament, and it is in this verse. Now, in the Septuagint, which is just the Greek version of the Hebrew Bible or the Old Testament, it is also found in Proverbs chapter 30, verse 27. One commentary said it is used in the Greek classic to describe a shout implying authority and urgency. The Bible says God has given Jesus all authority in heaven and in earth. According to the book of Matthews 28:18. the word shout in this verse means an order, a stimulating cry, or a loud summons by a commander speaking to his soldiers. And we all know our heavenly commander-in-chief is Jesus Christ, and we are in the army of the Lord. There will be a shout like no other when the Lord returns. It'll be a loud war cry to gather us, his troops. Jesus Christ himself will definitely be leading this heavenly army, and the mighty military shout of command will come from the Lord. Jesus the Christ, our undisputed, uncontested 
champion. He is gloriously victorious and his victory is transcendent. It is enduring and everlasting. Jesus the Christ, he stands eternally triumphant and at his return, he will defeat all and any remaining enemies. Jesus cannot be defeated. No one or nothing can stand in his way. And at the return of Christ, we will hear our heavenly commander in chief call us his troops. The next description of the Lord's descent is the voice of an archangel. And this just simply means the sound of uttered words or a tone. Archangel means the chief of the angels. Paul does not clearly designate a specific archangel. Again, that is God's business. That is not anything for us to figure out. If the Bible is silent on it, then we ought to be silent. One commentary stated, it is even possible that he does not mean an archangel will actually say something, but simply that the voice that will be uttered will be a very great voice or an archangel type of voice. One thing we do know, it will again be a sound like we've never heard before. Some sounds we hear in our lives are extremely loud and somewhat unnerving. I will never forget a couple of years ago on Christmas Eve, we heard the loudest sound in our community. It was from a house that had exploded from a natural gas leak about eight miles away. And as far as I can remember, it was like the whole earth shook. That's how loud the sound was. And it felt like our storm windows were moving and shaking. That explosion, it just rattled the entire area. And when we saw the news, what was left of this house was just the studs. We could see the smoke from miles away. And all the residents in our area could hear the sound because it was extremely loud. And when Jesus comes with his great authority and explosive power, all believers will hear the sound. This sound will resonate all around the world. Living believers will hear the sound. All believers who have fallen asleep will hear the sound. It doesn't matter whether they are lying in their graves or in the ground or in the seas. They will hear the sounds from heaven. And if you all remember that great explosion that took place in Texas City in 1947, where a chain reaction of fires just were felt for hundreds of miles. It was explained of those that died, 405 were identified, 63 unidentified, and additional 113 were classified as missing. None of their body parts were found, and it wiped out all but one member of the Texas City Volunteer Fire Department. Don't you know that every believing merchant seaman, every believing fireman, and every unidentified or missing person who were believers and their bodies were blown apart aboard that vessel and their remains released in the sea, 
every one of them who place their trust in Jesus Christ will hear the sound. They will hear the cry at the return of Jesus. Not one of them will be left behind. The Lord will fulfill his promises to them and also to us. Let's continue. Paul goes on to say in 1 Thessalonians 4.16 that the Lord's descent will also be described with the trumpet of God. To sound a trumpet was often used by Jewish people to declare war or to gather people according to Leviticus 23 verse 24 and Numbers chapter 10 verse 2. It was also used by the Romans for the arrival of a great person. The sound of the trumpet in this text is a war cry announcing the arrival of Jesus Christ. And on one glorious day, we will be going through our normal daily routines, living our lives, going through the motions, and we will hear the war sound from heaven. One commentary stated that Christ's return for his saints will be announced from heaven forcibly and dramatically. It is said that his appearance will be one of the greatest interventions into the affairs of men in the history of the universe. It will be backed by all the authority, all the power, and all the majesty of heaven. It will not be silent. It will not be quiet for all believers. All of God's children will hear and recognize the sounds from heaven. This is so exciting and encouraging and comforting. It is so beautiful. I just love it. And it steers me up on the inside. But woe unto those who have never trusted in the Lord Jesus and they're living their lives independent of him. They will not hear the sound. The sound from heaven will be a mute event for them. But we pray that the Lord will open up their hearts, minds, and ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying and to get saved. There is such an urgency in my spirit for the lost to come to know Jesus. Now let's continue with our foundational text, 1 Thessalonians 4.16, and it says, And the dead in Christ will rise first. We have a great expectant hope. Our fourth biblical principle is because of our belief in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The word dead in this verse comes from the Greek word nekros, and it means one that has breathed his last lifeless breath or deceased. And it also means one whose soul is in heaven or hell. And as we said before, when you die, you will spend eternity somewhere. And there are only two destinations, heaven or hell. The word rise in this text comes from the Greek word anistomy. And it means to cause to raise up, to cause to appear, to stand again, or to be raised from the dead. The word Christ in this text comes from the Greek word Christos, and it means the Messiah, the Son of God, or the Anointed One. Christ is not Jesus' last name. It speaks to his title, to his character, and to his anointing. The Apostle Paul addresses the subject of those 
that are asleep in Christ again, as he did earlier with the saints. In 1 Thessalonians 4.14, he writes, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. So the Apostle Paul is writing to bring comfort to these troubled, grieving, sorrowful saints. And although those saints that have fallen asleep are dead physically, their souls and spirits are still alive. They are with the Lord and united with the Lord. Because at the cross 2,000 years ago, all believers were united with Christ in his crucifixion, in his death, in his burial, and in his resurrection. The Bible confirms this in the book of Romans chapter 6 verse 5. It says, For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. We are permanently, personally, and intimately united with Christ. Nothing, not even death, can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The great evangelist Billy Graham said it this way, Someday you will read or hear that Billy Graham is dead. Don't believe a word of it. I shall be more alive than I am now. Billy Graham and all the saints who have died in Christ are more alive now than ever, and they will be given first priority in the resurrection. They will be the first ones to receive their resurrection glorified bodies. Stephen, the first martyr, the apostle Paul, the apostle Peter, who was crucified upside down, all the disciples and all the saints will be coming out of their graves. My God, my God, what a glorious day that will be. We believe in the resurrection and we eagerly anticipate the return of Jesus Christ. One commentator stated, Thus, believers who died in Christ appear to be both descending as well as rising. This might indicate that believer spirits are descending from heaven with Christ and meeting their resurrection bodies in the air prior to touching down on earth along with Christ. We have a great expectant hope for our resurrection because Jesus was raised from the dead and we sing songs about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. One of my favorite songs is Glorious Day, Living He Loved Me. The lyrics are, one day the grave could conceal him no longer. One day the stone rolled away from the door. Then he arose over death he had conquered. Now is ascended my Lord forevermore. Death could not hold him. The grave could not keep him from rising again. Living he loved me. Dying he saved me. Buried he carried my sins far away. Rising he justified freely forever. One day he's coming. Oh, a glorious day. We have a great expectant hope because we believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now let's look at some practical applications. Number one, 
read and meditate on scriptures pertaining to the lesson. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 2. Romans chapter 6 verse 5. And John chapter 8 verse 32. Invest time studying the word of God and obey the word. And for new believers, find a Bible teaching church that teaches the truth about Bible prophecy. And you might ask, Bible teacher Tyler, who is this Jesus? The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, then you shall be saved. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for salvation that's taking place all around the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Truth Podcast with Bible teacher Yolanda Tyler. Please subscribe to our podcast so you will know when the next episode is published. To hear more biblical teachings and give to support the ministry, please visit our website at www.thekingdomtruth.org. That is www.thekingdomtruth.org. God bless you until we meet again.